Welcome to peer-to-peer -peer discussions on inflammation and atherosclerosis. Uh, my name is Juan Carlos Kaski, Professor of Cardiovascular Science at St. George's University of London. And my guest today is Professor Lina Badimon, who is the director of the cardiovascular program of the Research Institute in Barcelona. Uh, Professor Badimon is a member of the board of the European Society of Cardiology her contribution to the field of atherogenesis has been phenomenal with over 600 papers in peer review journals. And she has been one of the most influential researchers in this area. Lina, thank you very much for being here today. Pleasure. Um, Lina, may I start uh, by asking you, based on your research work, what is the link that you have found between inflammation lipids and atherogenesis. I think this is a very complex field. Well, anytime you uh, have a high fat diet given to any type of experimental animal or even in cell culture in human cells, you, include, you increase uh, the lipid concentration, LDL concentration in the medium. What you obtain is a change in the resident cells in the vascular world that encompass the development of atherosclerosis in animals and the release of abnormal molecules in the uh, in vitro cell cultures. And all these relationships are really being investigated at, at the molecular level at present. But we can say that anytime we have high LDL, le uh, LDL levels in the circulation, we have an inflammatory counterpart. The challenge now is do we have inflammation without high lipid levels? Do we have a pathogenesis process associated to the activation of white cells and the release of inflammatory mediators from the liver in an acute phase response in different conditions that also contributes to the progression of atherosclerosis? And in this way, we have two mechanisms instead of one that is linked. So here is the challenge. And I think we're getting a lot of information nowadays yeah. uh, by which we will be able to discriminate. Yeah, that is very important what you say, because I had the conversation uh, in this same program with Peter Libby and with um, uh, Paul Ritke not long, not long ago. And of course, they focus on the sort of inflammatory per se component um, without involving necessarily lipids. So, so what you're bringing into the equation here is very, very important because they lipids play a, a, an important role per se, but also as an inflammatory sort of um, element. So is this, is this the reason why LP little a is now becoming a treatment target? Well, the, uh, the, the LP little a uh, conundrum comes from far away because it was initially described as a prothrombotic uh, lipoprotein, right? It's, it's, it's been known for more than 20 years, but then it was another, another uh, observation point. And lately, we have seen that this lipid species also contributes to atherosclerosis, and this is clearly established. Another reason for not investigating LPLE-A was that there was no drug that could really uh, have any effect on LPLE-A. Now we have some drugs that can modulate. We have PCSK9 inhibitors, and we have also the new drugs, these new based on oligonucleotides and uh, T-cells or uh, on uh, um, silencing RNAs that maybe will give us the tool to be able to modify and see it. But what is true is that there is a common finding that raised levels of LP little a are associated to the presentation 
of, uh, of um, coronary heart disease. Okay, and a lot of your work has been and continues to be focused on platelet, platelet function. Um, can you very briefly actually tell us about inflammation, how inflammation affects thrombosis and platelet function or vice versa? Right. Well, this is also a very interesting area because uh, it has even a name. It's called thromboinflammation. It's, it's uh, this association of white cells with platelets for the growth of the thrombus. We, some years ago, we uh, retrieved thrombus from the coronary arteries of patients having a STEMI and we uh, analyzed them and we could really evidence not, not only from experimental models, but from, from humans uh, with the STEMI that those thrombi were rich in monocytes, were rich in neutrophils, and with time they couldn't even recruit progenitor cells, like a, an indication that they were trying to resolve themselves, but they couldn't. So in a way, it's a very dynamic situation there. So what we have learned through experimental work from many authors is that platelets have ligands for white cells, and these, these, uh, this interaction of uh, platelets with white cells are producing a local inflammatory milieu that is going to be producing afterwards activation of neutrophil, releasing of nets, and complication of the thrombus within an atherosclerotic plaque. Usually, this is a this is a type of thrombus that is going to produce clinical manifestation. So, therefore, I think this is an area that is also growing now because we have more tools to really discriminate what's happening at the level of, of the thrombus. But I have to say that many many of the studies are coming yet from experimental studies, and we have to really penetrate a little bit more in what's happening in those thrombi that are occluding an artery in a human and are producing the clinical events, those that are producing a STEMI or those that are producing non-STEMI and cycles of unstable angina or these thrombi that are mural and not occluding the vessel. Yeah, so the complexity of the, of the issue is, is, is clear. Uh, it, it would be naive to think that just by applying an anti-inflammatory action, we would actually solve the whole problem of atherogenesis or disease progression. So we may need to take into account thrombosis, lipids, and the, the different interactions. The focus has been a lot, I mean, quite a lot in, in, in actually going against IL-6 and um, interleukin-1-beta with monoclonal antibodies. And it, I think it makes a lot of sense. And the studies are showing very good results. But my impression is that unless we tackle the other um, sort of areas as well. We are not going to achieve the effects we expect with the anti-inflammatory um, um, uh, uh, interaction. Do, do, do you agree with this view? I fully agree. I think that indeed we have controversial results in the trials using anti-inflammatory drugs. Not all of them give us the same results. Reason being is, 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 is not only one. One is what you say, that what we are measuring in humans is the result of many pathways that converge at the moment and produce the event. But the second is that inflammation is, is complicated. It's not only one pathway. We are un uncovering many different pathways that are contributing to inflammation. Interleukin-6 is one a, a, a very significant candidate, but there are possibility other uh, ways of blocking inflammation that do not depend on interleukin-6. And therefore we are advancing into what possibly be the precision medicine area in which we would characterize patients when we have the biomarkers and then 
use the, the, the drug or the intervention that is needed for that condition. So in the area of clinical inflammation, we are still starting. Thank you very much, Lina. I think the time we had for, for our discussion today is coming to an end. So I would like really to thank you again for being here today, but also for having put so much enthusiasm in, in actually investigating this field and for having made such a big impact, which I'm sure is going to result in better treatments for, for our patients. Thank you very much. Thanks to you, Juan Carlos. It's a great pleasure.